Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. I am your host, George Ellick, and this is the Ladbrokes Winter Carnival preview. Cracking couple of days racing up at Newbury on Friday and Saturday, and we've got a cracking couple of guests here to take you through it. It is, of course, the stable star, Odds Checker's very own tipster, Andy Holding on the line. Andy, great as ever to have you on. These chats are becoming a bit of a weekly thing for me and you on a Thursday. They are, yes. Um, yeah, great to be here. I always enjoy doing these. And it kind of whets the appetite, doesn't it? And it gets my mind focused as well um, when I'm looking at these races in advance. I'm not scrambling around on Friday uh, Friday night stroke into Saturday morning trying to uh, you know go through all the form. I've already done it. So just really all about the prices and what the conditions are like on the day. So yeah, it definitely gives me a heads up. I mean, no surprises as well for those listening and watching when your column comes out in the morning. They've heard it all before. Very good as well to have a debutant on, former jockey Andrew Thornton joins us. Delighted to be able to welcome you. An actual professional here to show us amateurs how it's done. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, George. It's always a great meeting, the uh, the Ladbrokes Trophy weekend and, you know, formerly the Hennessy. And, you know, having been based in, I was lived in Highclere for 10 years, which was literally five, five minutes from the course. It was my local track. So the buzz in the area was absolutely huge and I always thought this was the the biggest handicap in the calendar by a country mile before Christmas. Yeah absolutely and let's hope this is the only year to this meeting we'll have the empty stands and fingers crossed this time next year we're talking about a Pat Newbury again and, and you're right to say I think it's probably been nearly a decade since it was the Hennessy but I still find myself calling it the Hennessy most times I have to catch myself but it is of course the Labricks Trophy and we'll get on to that but we're going to start with the racing tomorrow just for the viewers and the listeners, we're recording this at about 10 to 11 on Thursday. So tomorrow's racing Friday, then we'll get on to Saturday's racing as well. And before we start with the racing, just going to point you in the direction of the Odds Checker app. It is the very best place for all the best bookie offers, the best prices, which we'll be talking about today as well, the free bets and the very best place terms. So make sure you download the app. And how can I forget? It's also the first place to find Andy's tips every morning as well. So do download that now then let's get on to the racing and it starts tomorrow at 12 15 and the first race on the day is immediately a very very interesting one especially probably for you andy because we know you like your novice hurdlers and this maiden hurdle has flint to sacra as eight to eleven favorite on the day my drogo five to two uh shashalikov seven to one can you can can eight to one uh, 22 to 1 bar. Flinter Sacra also 12 to 1 currently for the Supreme at Cheltenham in March. From your numbers, from what you've seen, Andy, how does Flinter Sacra stack up? Well, he hasn't done anything what you would call a championship point figure yet, but I mean, you'd expect that from a horse of his nature. You know, he's had a couple of um, runs in, in bumpers, and you know, what we've seen of him, he, he looks the real deal, doesn't he? he? hasn't. He didn't really come off the bridle at Kempton last time we saw him. We don't really know how good he's going to be. Obviously, he's uh, bred in the purple, uh, as his name suggests, and he's got the engine and the physique to go with it. This is a race tradition, I think. I think this race off the top of my head used to be called the Speed Novices Hurdle. Uh, going back through the years, Nicky's always had a really good record in this race, so he tends to run what he considers to be his best novice or certainly one of his best novices in this race. Whether I want to take one to two about it, about him is up to question because I think he's got you know some decent opposition to beat. I thought my Drago ran a really encouraging race in a good Cheltenham bumper, won by one of Nicky's. Nicky's incidentally, uh, I am Superman. I think the form of that race is pretty good. The time figure was very good. 
Uh, and then you took in the appointed-appointed uh, Shalakoff, who having his first run for Harry Whittingham. Harry Course is bringing along some really nice young novices as well. I saw his point-to-point video um, when trained by Michael Goff in Ireland, and he looked really good at staying up very strongly. And then the Hobson runner is, is no back number either. So he'll have some opposition. This isn't exactly a cakewalk. Um, whether I'll have a bet in the race or not is open to question. But, um, uh, yeah, I think we're all looking forward to seeing Flint uh, Sacra. And uh, I'm sure Andrew's going to uh, wax lyrical about him too. Well, I was going to say, Andrew, I mean, it's such an exciting time of the year, this, isn't it? Because you have these prospects who could be anything. And, and it's so exciting to see them reappearing. And Nicky Henderson, traditionally, this is his first meeting. Yes, he has mm. runners through the time. Paul Nichols traditionally starts at Chepstow, has a great time of things. But this, Nicky Henderson targets it like Paul Nichols targets Chepstow. So you're always, you're always very wary. They're always probably going to be short enough for Nicky's horses, but he looks the part. Um, he'll be fit. The horses are well forward from what we've seen so far. Um, the others... So Sholokov, I had a look through his form. The horse that was second to him was a horse called We Have It. He hasn't won in eight pointer points. I'm not sure whether that was the strongest uh, strongest maiden that he, he won when mm. he did. And I thought, can you can, can, that Philip Hobbs's would certainly be better going this way around, having unseated rider when diving out to the left at Exeter last time out. And if you're an each way player, I think can you can, can would be my each way play against the favourite. Can you can can eight to one currently? That is a fifth, the three. So a lovely each way shape to the race. Uh, we'll move on then. We're going to go through the cards. We're going to miss out most of the handicaps, but I'll give both Andrew and Andy an opportunity at the end of each day to go back to flag up any. But because Andy is the king of the novice hurdlers, we can't skip over the one fifteen, which is uh, which sees a small field, uh, just five run. Brave man's game is currently six to four favourite, just ahead. Of Bothwell Bridge, Wheelstone nine to two, Esperfecto nine to one, and Diocletian twenty to one. Andy, do you think you know not much to separate the top to market? How do you have them? Yeah, they're both really nice horses. These two, uh, I was hugely impressed with Bothwell Bridge when he won at Warwick. He's jumping with spectacular. Never put a foot wrong. Very very agile, in and out over the hurdles very quickly. Set a good gallop, clocked a big number. Um, but he's facing a really good prospect here in the shape of a brave man's game. Now, we'll get a chance to look at brave man's game's form today as we speak, because in the first race, the horse that chased him home, Runswick Bay, who incidentally I have tipped on the sticker pages, uh, is due to run in the first race at Taunton for Emma Lavelle. If he wins, he'll boost that form line. He never really came off the bridle a bit at Runswick Bay, who have got really good form in bumpers. Uh, both of them have clocked identical time figures. I've got 68 for uh, Broth- uh, Broth- Bothwell Bridge and a 66 for a brave man's game. So there isn't a great deal between them. They've both got tons of scope. They both, I think, are going to improve significantly on what they did first time to second time. It's a very difficult matchup. And then, quite as you say, absolutely bang on the button, sort of six to four each or two. So a very difficult choice between the two. I don't really think the other three have got much chance. Diocletian jumped poorly at uh, Taunton on his debut. Uh, real Stone was a real shock winner for Dan Skelton the other day. I speak to one or two of his... Um, Men behind the scenes, and I couldn't believe it. He managed to win that day. Um, so it'd be a shock if he was to manage to beat the front two. But I've always had a soft spot for Bothwell Bridge uh, ever since he got beat at Kempton uh, in a very good bumper that uh, when we last saw him last year. And um, given that what Andrew says about Nicky, I think he's absolutely spot on. He'll have him absolutely tuned up. I think he'll go off in front and he'll make this a really good test. 
Andrew, anything to add to that? Can you see any any gap between these front two or could you see anything else uh, springing up a bit of a surprise? Well, real stall on the ground will be a lot quicker at Newbury than what he encountered in entry. And he looked like he, he's a huge horse and mm. he wants lots of dig in the ground. So I think you'll get tap for toe. Bothwell Bridge, I always equate Warwick ground conditions um, very similar to Newbury. Gravelly track, Newbury's on an old airfield. Very similar sort of ground conditions. Bothwell Bridge, uh, for me, is the one who's likely to roll away. The way he jumped round there, he was exhilarating. You know, we, we always we always say, don't we, he looks every inch a chaser. Yeah, well, mm. every horse, wants, we've always wanted to be the chasers, but we have to bide our time. But he had such a high cruising speed. He was effortless at his hurdles. And he's, for me, visually... He excited me when I when I saw him round there, and he's certainly furnished, having from the back of last season to this. Nico keep it straightforward, and we all know, and Andy will probably echo this. Nico de Bonville dangerous from the front when he gets out in front, rolling away. Um, he will. He they won't be hanging around here. If he gets two out the gate, he's too clear. That's two lengths. The other horse has to make up, and in my book, that's a half a second. And when you're on a horse that jumps and rolls away, it's 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 exciting. Bothwell Bridge, six to four, I think, is a good price. Andrew, it's interesting because we don't often have people on the podcast who've actually ever sat on a horse, so it makes a change <laughs> to have that this time. I mean, to talk every every track has its quirks, and we know that. But when it comes to Newbury, from you watching a race, is there any position that you'd, you'd like to see, especially in these small fields as we're seeing this coming weekend? Would you like to see your horses going from the front or is it just a case of, you know, horses for courses, for want of a better phrase? Well, the ground conditions in Newbury, I believe, are probably going to be the, the the quickest I've had them in a long time. You know, in my, and I always think that, for, well, it's the second meeting at Newbury. We haven't had a frost, which is key. <clears> so it's been able to dry out all the time. There may be a frost on, on Friday night, uh, I believe. Possibly, possibly. But it's a dry, dry focus. It's a gravelly track. I'd want to be on the front end. End of story. It's it's ground that you have to you make up. And mm. very rarely will you see the senior jockeys like this going too quick in front. You don't, it, Nick, or, it just doesn't happen. Doesn't yeah. happen. What more he, he's such an accurate, so accurate at his hurdles and fences. And I'd go as far as to say, He's one of the most accurate jockeys I have seen. Wow. While we're on the same subject, Andrew, obviously you rode Newbury hundreds of times. Did you always have a game plan before you went out there with regards which part of the track you'd come in down the hand straight? Would you come towards the stand rail traditionally or would you always be on the stand well, road? Or would you just walk the track and playing it accordingly? Well, in the old days, we're going back a while, the old days you'd always say, get yourself right across to the stand rail. But what people maybe don't know is that they, they, that that rail got moved they pinched about five yards of the flat track right, yeah. a, few, a few years ago it's mm. not the place you want to be you don't want to be in the old part of the flat track because that yeah. traditionally is a little bit slower so don't know where the hurdles be this weekend but i'd say look shortest way around yeah it, it won't matter this meeting because the ground's going to be so good it's just going to be good ground and there's no rain forecast I reckon when most people have a flutter, they use the same old bookies every time. But how do you know if you're getting good odds? Odds Checker, that's how. At Odds Checker, you can compare the odds from major bookmakers, get tips from the experts, and place your bets all in one place. 
Whether it's your Saturday acker or a first goal scorer hunch, choose our best odds and get brilliant returns. Odds Checker, your one stop betting hub. Download the app now. Play responsibly. Right, onwards now then to the 150 on Friday at Newbury, and it is the Novices Chase, the Grade 2, over about two and a half miles. And it's a trappy one. Three, three horses are, will be running. Fiddler on the Roof is the even money favourite. Caribbean Boy, two to one, and Getaway Trump, four to one. Getaway Trump, interestingly, I mean, the market got this completely wrong last week, raced against the Kim Bailey Happy Go Lucky, which went off about four to nine after they were about pick him in the morning. But Getaway Trump got up to win at five to two. And, and Getaway Trump, that kind of horse, uh, Andrew, we'll talk about that in a second. But firstly, Andy, coming over to you first. Three runners here. Uh, we spoke to Ed Quigley last week in the Horses to Follow podcast. He had Fiddler on the Roof as one of his five. Would you be wanting to get involved here at Even Money? I think this is going to be a race that's very much um, decided by tactics. Who's going to make the run? And I imagine, given that the other two like to be held up, held up, uh, that um, Robbie Powell got off in front on Fiddler on the Roof. Mm. He's made the run with him before. He didn't necessarily have to lead the other day at Exeter. He had a horse that took him along. Um, so I, I, I think he's going to be quite difficult to beat. He's jumping, was very good at Exeter. And if he can translate that kind of technique uh, to um, Newbury, no reason why he won on a flat track, I think he's probably the one to beat. Caribbean Boy probably has to settle a little bit better than he has done. He's a bit of a, not a tear away, but he's definitely um, taken a while to sort of calm, him, calm down. I think Kevin Mooney does a lot of his schooling at home. And um, they've probably worked on him since he last won at Haydock. Uh, he was quite good that day, albeit he, he wasn't exactly that well fancied. Uh, and Getaway Trump surprised me like he surprised the market the other day. I was, mm. I, I was amazed that he managed to beat the Kim Bailey horse who got a freebie off the front. And he managed to outstay him, um, very much suggesting that two and a half miles is his trip rather than uh, going flat out over two miles because he has made mistakes over two miles before when they've gone uh, a really good gallop. So an intriguing contest, not one that I'm going to be putting up on my odds checker column for sure. Uh, but yeah, the fiddler on the roof, he's a class act and I'd hope to see him continue his progress. Not a massive betting heat, but but Andy, I mean, if you were pricing this up, would you have, I mean, we've got even money, two to one, four to one, would you, would you agree with that? So I think they've got this market spot on. They've got the untapped potential of Caribbean boy in second in. You know, you wouldn't want to be going gung-ho at about a big price about one of Nicky's in a, in a novice chase around uh, Newbury, given that he, he could have had probably six or seven horses from his yard running in this race. Uh, Getaway Trump, I think he's he's the fit and now ready horse, but he he's basically here because he's there's going to be nothing else for him in the middle of winter because he wants good ground, mm. um, and they're not necessarily thinking Cheltenham with him. If he's good ground at Cheltenham with him, fine, but he's probably more of a, a grand annual horse rather than an Arkle horse. I don't think he's quite that good or or something a little bit further. Um, so yeah, I think I think um, as it stands at the moment, he he's very much the. Fiddle on the roof, he's definitely the best horse of the three on what he's done so far. And, of course, with his back class over hurdles as well. Don't forget he's a grade one winner for Tolworth. Andrew, we, we spoke briefly off air there. And, and fair to say, you, you're going to pick some holes in the favourite. 100%. I love Fiddle <laughs> on the roof. If it was heavy ground, I'd, I'd, or soft ground, I'd favour him. But on good ground, he's never, ever won on good ground. Never won on good ground. Whereas mm. you've got the likes of um, Nicky Henderson's Good ground, bit of a question mark, but I can't see why this horse won't handle it. The form looks strong. The French form looks very strong. In a listed race, uh, got beaten by a horse called Lou Bucks, who's won four since. So that form has a, has a real solid look to it. 
and getaway trump all five wins on good ground but as andy alluded to doesn't like cutting the ground it's going to be proper top of the ground at newbury fiddler on the roof on that ground i i, I love the horse but i just mm. can't see him being quick Things with Fiddle on the Roof, I eyed him down as a soft, heavy ground slogger as well. And yeah, he ran his worst race on real bad ground at Cheltenham. He's two, he's two or three runs on good or good to soft ground have been pretty good. He only got nutted by Edward Stone over a sharp two mile, good to soft in places at, um, at um, Exeter the other day. So I, I don't necessarily think he needs a bob, but I certainly take your, take your point of view with his career record. You definitely got a good point. I mean, uh, the ground at Newbury, especially on that chase track, the times yeah. are going to. They're going to be faster than standard. That mm. I just can't see him. I just think his forte is is a he, when he won the Tolworth, he outstayed the opposition on slow ground and mm. he ground his way up that hill. My, I just I just question the ground conditions for him, and hence why I'd be the outsider getaway Trump. He loves top of the ground. He's one of those horses who's got the back class. You think he carried eleven stone twelve? At Sandown and beat Harabi, who had eleven stone, who was bang there in the Betfair. It, it was a bang there in the Betfair hurdle at Newbury uh, when brought down, and was running a big race in the handicap hurdle there at Cheltenham uh, when, when it came down at the last. So I just think his form, his horses, he's not a sexy horse, but he's let a lot of people down when he's been well fancied. But the way he's he, he's fit, he's hard, and you may argue. This is what I'd call a bit of his gold cup before Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, this, definitely. This is, this mm. is his And yeah. I'm with the outsider. I think he, he's the value. The outsider of the three is four to one getaway jump there. So some, uh, yeah, some food for thought, I guess, for putting on the roof backers and Caribbean boys. I said two to one, an intriguing affair, whatever happens. On now to the three o'clock, the Labricks long distance hurdle and Paisley Park's reappearance. Paisley Park is two to one. McFabulous, five to two. Somerville Boy, 11 to two. Time Hill, 11 to two. Stayers hurdle at Cheltenham winner. Liz the Garoska, 11 to one. Broke Andy's heart. We've had Ronald Pump behind in second. Andy, we'll come to you first here. 18 to one bar, I should say. Honest Vic, though. A lot of money coming for Honest Vic. 20 to one best price at the moment, but a sea of blue on odds checker. And he will start with with uh, Paisley Park, a horse that I think you know has captured the hearts of a nation really over the last couple of years. It was disappointing to see that run at Cheltenham. How do we approach this with that run? You know, that's the last time we saw him. Well, there's a certain amount of trepidation. It has to be said. I mean, you'd never write off a horse like Paisley Park just off the back of one run, particularly in the national hunt sphere. We've seen the superstars come back and time and time again. Uh, when we've written them off, oh, that's it, they've gone just after one run. But as it stands, I think the staying division, in particular the Stairs hurdle last season, was a very weak renewal. Not necessarily because Liz Nagar Oscar won it. We could all say that, you know, he's a 50 to 1 shot and straight away mm. think, oh, it can't be a good race. But to be fair, Ronald Pump went into the race in good form. I mean, I say I fancied him. I wouldn't be here doing this podcast if uh, Ronald Pump had won the uh, Stairs hurdle. <laughs> I think I'd be on some Caribbean island still <laughs> sipping pina coladas. Uh, I haven't got him you for and a I small... both, Andy. That's why I remember it. I, I, I haven't got him for a small house. I've got him for a, a I'm a celebrity, get me out of here mansion, I think. Uh, well, castle. The, the, the place money must have been okay then. The place money was all right, but I wasn't interested in the place money. Hey, I'm, I'm, pleased, <laughs> I'm pleased to hear he's got over it anyway. Yeah, I can't, I can't watch the video. I can't watch the video, Andrew, without um, throwing up into a bucket. Uh... Um, 
but I did a hell so yeah. Well, I did a hell of a lot of work, as you probably have already gathered. I've been doing these podcasts on the overall time figure compared to the, the per attempts final, and particularly the sectional times. I, I put the two videos up side by side, ran them from the first hurdle in front of the stands all the way to the winning line. The difference between the per attempts final and the stays hurdle final was unreal. I've sent this video out to a few of my mates, and they almost think I've sent them the wrong video. That the, the, all there's a bit missing. It, they must. They were halfway up the running in the in the stays hurdle when the per attempts winner, Sir de Burley, got over the line. So I've backed Sir de Burley uh, to to win the stays crown. I think he's the best stayer that um, that there is in this division, uh, either side of the Irish Sea. Um, and of course, he won first time out this year over two and a half miles. So he's safe in the bag. So I'm looking towards this race, thinking, well. I want to be against Liz Nagar, Oscar, Paisley Park, all those horses that took part mm. in the in the, in the the stage hurdle. And we've got some nice horses coming through. Fabulous. He's looked the real deal, but up to now, two and a half miles is his trip. I think he'll probably get three miles, but this is a real test. This is a very good renewal of this race, certainly numerically and quality all the way through. And don't forget, he only just beat Court. well, not just beat, he beat Court and Bold, who is, with the greatest respect to him, probably a, a, an overblown summer jumping horse. Um, I'd certainly pay a huge respect to Time Hill, who was a good fourth in the above-average uh, Albert Bartley this year. He's won the Challow Hurdle here as well. He's got to be a player if he's fit enough to do himself justice. But then we are getting on to that sea of blue horse, mm. Honest Vic. Now, this is the one I really like at the prices. Um, is, that, is, is that why it's all blue, Andy? I've, I've, had, a f- I've had a few runners <laughs> trying to get me on this morning. Yeah, I, I, I've, saw, I've seen the 20 to 1 of, um, floating around. The shops around. are closed. <laughs> I know. Well, I've got I've got um, many many places. Many, yeah, many, yeah, of course. Sort me out. Um, yeah, I really do like this animal. The, the first time he had three miles the other day at Chelsea, we absolutely bolted up. Um, his sectional times from sort of the back end of that part of that race were in keeping with the two milers. The overall time was the fastest on the card. He stayed the trip really well, and I don't think he's got a great deal to find with the, with the sort of best horses in this race, even though the ratings suggest that. You know, you're looking at 160-odd um, horses here, but some of them I don't think are, are that level. Um, I think they've been slightly blown out of proportion. Um, and I, I really do like him. I think, I, think he's, I think he's still on the improve. So that's definitely a race up for grabs with doubts about lots of them on the, regards to the trip, fitness, and where, where they are just at the moment health-wise. So I, I'm going to go with Honest Vic. Honest Vic, 20 to 1, best price at the moment. That's for bet 365. But judging by prices we're seeing elsewhere, 12 to 1 with 888 Sport, 12 to 1 with Unibet, 14 to 1 with Betfair Sportsbook, Bet Victor Paddy's Sky Bet. It feels unlikely that 20 to 1 is going to be around for too much longer about Honest Vic. Uh, Andrew, I mean, obviously, Andy looks at this from kind of a purely punting point of view, and this is a, a betting show. But let's talk about Paisley Park for a second, because that. That run back in March was kind of too bad to be true. And there is a chance that come three o'clock or ten past three on Saturday, that two to one could look uh, very big indeed. From, from that perspective, and especially the way the yards horses are running at the moment, mm. they're, they're, Emma LaFell's, they've been, in, they've been in good form for probably the best part of the last six weeks. And just in, in good nick, real good nick. Um, he goes well fresh. If he had, if he hadn't run at Cheltenham, if he'd happened to miss Cheltenham, he'd be twos on, wouldn't he? Mm. Uh, it was, yeah. just, it was one of those races that was too bad to be true. Yes, he comes off the bridle at Cheltenham, where he hits that flat spot, but he never really jumped at Cheltenham, and he never really, he didn't travel it 
any part of the race, to be perfectly honest. And I thought he did well to finish where he did. Yeah. Because he should have, he looked like he was going to be pulled up for, you know, he mm. just was not going at all. So, yep. Yeah, and Liz Nagar Oscar obviously put on a career best performance um, at Cheltenham, sadly for Andy. Uh, and he's got he's got an inflated I think he's got an inflated rating, uh, but one thing he will do he'll love the ground conditions. He's got a man on board in Sean Boyne who's uh, well he's probably one, he's he's probably as as hot a jockey at the moment as Dave Bass and and Harry Cobden and Nick Bonville. so riding with lots of confidence. So he'll have that on his side. Uh, you know he's going to stay well, but I. I I just feel that McFabulous is, is tuned up. Yes, he only beat a uh, caught and bold uh, the Persian War, but Crikey, he couldn't have done it in any better fashion. It was mm. effortless, effortless fashion, and his his run um, at, uh, at Kempton because obviously he didn't go to uh, Cheltenham because he, he missed the cut and he got balloted out. And it was you know he loves a flat track. That's what he loves, McFabulous. A flat track, good ground. I'm not saying he'll be the best horse as the season goes on. But I emphasise again, it's going to be real top of the ground. The emphasis on stamina won't come in as much at Newbury uh, this time around. And as Andy alluded to, how these races are run, these graded races aren't run like handicaps. They're not often flat to the pan and end-to-end gallops. You don't often get that. Now, this is a bigger field than we often get. I think McFabulous is just going to have too much hope for them. So McFabulous, there, the pick for Andrew at 5-2. to two. That is there with Bet365, Skybet Hills, 10-Bet Sport Nation, Genting Bet and Red Zone. Best price, 9-4 to four elsewhere. That brings us to a close of the feature races we are going to be talking about on Friday, but I'll give, you know, there's plenty of decent handicappers uh, racing on Friday as well. So before we move on to Saturday's racing, Andy, any horses running that you'd like to just uh, maybe point out now as ones to watch out for? I'd certainly pay a huge amount of respect for old Grangewood in the 225. I thought he was a bit unlucky the way things developed at Aintree the day. I thought he should have won um, the, the uh, old round. Um, Harry probably hit the front too soon. He was he was obviously on a horse that had he had tons underneath him going to the the cross fence. Uh, what is it? Four out, and he jumped it so clean he found himself in front. I don't think that was necessarily the, the way he wanted to um, to ride him that day. Hit the front that that far out, and he kind of got left stranded a little bit. And then he went down to the last, still looking like he might win. And then he literally rooted it up the inside, and he mm. ended up getting beat seven lengths, which. I didn't think doing did him whole whole lot of justice, but he's got a fantastic record here at Newbury. Um, he beat Kalashnikov here last season. He likes good ground, and I think Harry, given the way what happened to him last time, and knowing how this race is likely to pan out, I'll hold on to him a little bit longer. If I can get something in and around the four or five to one mark for him each way, it'd be hard to see him with a clear round not being in, not being involved. Um, so yeah, I'd be very keen on Old Grangewood to turn the tables on Clondor Castle in the uh, that big chase. Old Grangewood, 9-2 to two at the moment, just ahead of Clondor Castle. Hills have gone four places, though, so it might be worth waiting until the day, see if any other yep. firms boost those place terms. 11 in at the moment. Andrew, any for you uh, on Friday? Yeah, I just I slightly worry with Old Grangewood. He's £12 higher than last year. That would be my slight worry. And he, he has to, everything has to fall, everything does have to fall right for him. Um, but I thought in the same, Defi Sacra, I thought was a, a big price. Yeah. 
Um, mm, because he loves Newbury as well. And when you think he beat uh, Amula Gold here in December last year, and Amula Gold was a hairbreadth off winning Ascot last week, and you may say slightly unlucky because mm. came with a real rattle. He got beaten by the big bite up at uh, Aintree, who was very well punted from the Henry Oliver yard there at Aintree about three weeks ago. And I just thought a horse back at that track with a featherweight on his back. I thought Deffy Sacra was 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 a, a good each way play. Yeah, he, he yeah. was the he was the one the second one I was looking at as well. I, the only thing I've not, I've ruled him out on is the trip. I'm I'm not sure whether he, two and a half miles is necessarily. Uh, well, he, he's never run over two and a half miles, so um, that that was the only reason I kind of like knocked him out. I'm looking forward to the Thornton versus Holding uh, race coming. <laughs> Deffy and Old Grangewood going toe to toe down down the back straight. Um, Deffy Sacra is ten to one. Uh, ten to one there with Betfair, Paddy Power, Betvictor, and a couple of others as and, well. And one horse that will be backed is Sepage because Venetia's. Uh, I thought she had flying. Travel, travel mm. on Thursday and uh, Wednesday. Sorry, uh, but the, the the ground will it be soft enough for Sepage? It'd be interesting to see. Worth pointing out that uh, that uh, treble that hat trick yesterday was in part thanks to a an eight on shot falling at the second last as well, which uh, I think probably stung a few people's ackers on the day. Serves you right if you're back in one to eight shots, to be honest. Um, <laughs> we'll move on now to uh, Saturday's racing. And because we're recording this at 20 past 11, the, the, the markets are kind of reforming. So we don't sadly have uh, the breadth of prices as we would like, but it doesn't stop us speaking about the races because we do have the final fields. We're going to start with the... Uh, Labrooks John Frankham novices chase the grade two uh, over to short three miles and six run here. It's a 12.40 on Saturday. Uh, we've got hold the note, one for the team, Kaluki, AC Milan, Southfield Stone and next destination, Andy. Which one? You know, we're, we're waiting. Prices will probably be out in the next hour or so. Who do you reckon will come out towards the top end of the market? Who do you, or who do you think should come out towards the top end of the market? I'd, I'd imagine that Kaluki probably just Hold sway. Um, mm. His course and distance win was was very impressive. I know he made mistakes here, there, and everywhere. He's just that kind of horse. I think he's a little bit ignorant. Um, hopefully, he'll, he'll continue to learn uh, and um, book his ideas up in that department as, as time goes on. Because um, when you go into sort of grade one company, you can't afford to keep making mistakes. But he never looked like falling funny enough. He, he's one of those ones that just bulldozes his way through a couple of them, but he, he never looked like he was going to fall. But he's He's flat speed in between, and the way he just moves through these races. I mean, he's a massive unit. He's always looked a nice horse in his, uh, uh, his, his, in his formative years. But now he really does look the part. Now he's at a six-year-old. Um, I think the sky's the limit with him because he's got a great engine. He has got a, an amazing amount of scope. Um, and, yeah, I think he's probably going to want to beat. The fact that he's gone around the track before, he, he usually likes to make the running because he's an exuberant type. He could have one or two of these at it early on. Um, obviously Nichols has got a couple of nice ones in here for next destination first time out ran really well behind um, Rosaka in a graded hurdle and Southfield Stone um, got brushed aside readily by Protector at but that time figure was very good at Cheltenham so it's a very uh, good race even though there's only six runners but I like what I saw with Kaluki first time out Kaluki for Andy Andrew how about yourself yeah I think it's 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 strong form and I, I do like the fact we're going to go on a Newbury first time out on, on what I call it an easy track. It's not going to take too much, um, too much out of you. Um, you know, when you when you're coming back again, as you mentioned, courses for courses. Mm. 
very very difficult to pick holes in the form. Southfield, Stone, you just feel that Paul Nichols knows where he is with this one. Yes, you just keep you're running. You're going to run it in. Uh, you're going to you're, you're going to run in graded chases, and you, you're hoping to fall on. You're going to hoping to fall on one. Give it. it I know it's only three pounds, but you've still got to give three pounds away as well. So yeah, Kaluki, no holes. Looks looks a horse who um, could well progress, and I would think will have learned from that first experience. Just me, I don't mind horses that make mistakes and stand up. Mm. That's that's what you like to see. It's the ones that barely make a mistake and come down. They're the ones that annoy you. But horses make little mistakes. They are novices after all, and this horse <laughs> has uh, has got the hot horse form in the back in the bag. There you go. So some positive words there for Kaluki. We'll wait and see what the prices say when they do come out. The good news, because we don't really like talking about, I mean, we are odds checker after all, talking about horses without without knowing the prices doesn't really make too much sense. But luckily for the 225, the next uh, the next race, we're talking about the listed handicap hurdle. Well, a handicap, but I don't think these horses are destined for handicaps for too much longer um, in the 225. And, and Marie's Rock is the 11 to 8 favourite. Uh, Time White six to one, Milkwood thirteen to two, Botox has fifteen to two, Floresa to uh, Sebastopol ten to one for Tom Lacey twenty to one bar Andy. Interesting little race this, and Marie's Rock surely the horse that uh, you know could really be she could be destined for great things. Entries for obviously for the mare's hurdle at Cheltenham. Yeah, I mean this race has got a rich tradition uh, over the years. I'm sure Andrew's ridden in it loads of times. You often get horses working their way through the ranks from handicap grade to end up as champion hurdle horses, probably not necessarily in all the same season like Epitant did last year, but everyone's put two and two together here. And they looked at Maria's Rock thinking, well, Nicky Henson, first time out, mayor, look what happened to Epitant. We're going to get the same thing here with Maria's Rock. Not necessarily that'll be the case. I do think she's a really nice filly in the making. Uh, a technique was a little bit iffy on occasions when uh, she won the three races last season. And she, oh, I think she's probably just going to have to improve just a little bit on what she's done anyway. Um, so to certainly justify her favouritism mark around about seven to four, two to one, something like that. I think that's to eight. What price? 11 to eight now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's plenty short enough myself. I do like it, but I, will, I, I wouldn't go anywhere near it at the price. With mm. the dead nine runners going to post, hopefully that you know we'll, we'll get at least eight. I'm looking for something each way against her. And I really do like Miltwood here. Um, the form of that Welsh champion hurdle is the, is the best of its kind um, other than the Great Wood Hurdle itself, uh, won by the Shunter at um, Cheltenham. But you look at the horses who win that. Sco Royal went on to win the Elite Hurdle. Ten st- uh, Elmstone tend to victory in the aforementioned um, Great Wood Hurdle at Cheltenham. And Buzz absolutely trotted up at uh, um, uh, Ascot last week. Maria, uh, Maria De Pale, a horse that I napped the other day at um, Weatherby, was 15 lengths behind back in fifth. Everything out of that race has won or run an unbelievable race since. The time figure that when I did it at the time, I thought, God, this race is going to be good. But I didn't realise it was going to be that good. And I was a bit disappointed with Milkwood because I tipped him that day and I put him up each way and he finished fourth. I thought, God, I'm right. I was really let down there. But as the time figure suggested and as the mm. former suggested, he probably didn't run as bad as, as it looked at the time. He came there on the bridle as well, two out. He just couldn't go with those quality horses from two out. But he certainly ran really well. He likes fast ground. He likes to be held up and put out towards the back. Uh, Robbie Dunn's a great exponent of that art. And I could just see him sidling up to them there, two out. Whether he goes by something that might just have a few pounds in hand, I don't know. But I'd be, I'd be amazed if Milkwood isn't good enough to finish in the first race. So he's be a good, solid each way pick there based on what he did last time. 
There we go. It's taken a while, but finally a certified Andy Holding tip. Milkwood, 13-2 to two at the moment, each way against Marie's Rock. Andrew, what are your thoughts here? Uh, do you know, I, I love horses with Marie's Rock's profile. Mm. Those ones next to her name. <laughs> yeah. What's not, <laughs> you can't what's, argue with them, can you? What's not like... What's not lo- I, was, I was at Foss last when she won her first bumper. And um, I spoke to Nico afterwards and said that that was impressive she looks good and he just smiled you know and the way uh the way she went, a few words isn't he <laughs> yeah that's all you need though yeah that's all you need and the way she went through that race at haydock gosh she was keen and she still bolted up absolutely bolted i think she's absolutely thrown it off a mark she managed to beat um midnight's gift of alan kings um last season Giving, giving it eleven pounds and an eight-length beating. Now, Midnight's Gift it wasn't probably wasn't a great race, but bolted up at Fakenham the other day and absolutely hacked up. Has an official mark of one three three. Now, now Marie's Gift off one four one. Natural progression tells me. I think I just think she's got absolutely bags in hand. Bags in hand. She she goes fresh. She goes on good ground. <clears throat> She'll just sit in behind the pace. She's a real strong traveller. I see no holes in the form. You've got Time White's second favourite in there. Beat the pink in a Seamus Mullins' his last time. Well, Time White's gone up 12 for that. Now, the pink ran well at Cheltenham off the back of that. But I wouldn't have the pink in the same, same parish as, as Marie's Rock. And I just think she's very, very well handicapped. Mm. You know, you look through the race, it's, it's, it's a bit more of a... Con- it's almost like a conditions race yeah. in frame. You know, top weight's given ten, five pounds to to quite a few others. Just think she's absolutely thrown in, and I know she. You know what price would she have started if she'd gone to Cheltenham last year? She didn't get there, mm. but what price would she have been? Yeah, yeah, she probably would have been close to favourite. Yeah, I think I think I, I think I'd have I'd have her in it as an even money chance. I think she's an absolute rocket. I there we go. Well, handicapped of one hundred and forty-one. So, Marie's Rock off 141, 11 to 8. Very good. Andrew, I'm happy to have you on here because too often we get the guests on and they just pander to Andy. So, it's good to have somebody to take him on, take on his uh, his time figures and fingers crossed you come out on he, top of it. And, Andy, I, I know one th- I think from Andy's point of view, if she was 9 to 4, he thinks she'd be good value. It's yeah, yeah, of course. She's, been, she's 11 to 8, thinks the value's gone. But if you think she's value, if you, if you think she's value at 9 to 4... She's still value at 11 to 8. She's just <laughs> traditionally not. I mean, George will know me, and I'm sure a lot of the, the uh, listeners would, um, and the clients who subscribe to Obstacle would know me pretty much by now. If I get a race like that, I'm, I'm never normally, am I, George, looking at a 5 to 4 shot no. and having a four-point a four win on it. If I can see something that I think is almost going to certainly hit the frame, I'll just let nature take its course, as it were. I'm thinking, well, mine's going to be in the first three. And if, if that... Um, if that sort of is, is achieved, then I've done my job, as it were. Mm-hmm. If something's good enough to beat me and I walk away having a good run for my money and it's finished second or third and we make a few quid by nicking the frame, then fair enough. But I think I think as time goes on, I, I've always, most of the time, I'm always looking to take on a short price favourite, particularly when you've got a, a shape of a race of, of that nature with sort of eight, nine runners. I'm looking from the jockey's perspective. I love being on these ones. The ones with the ones next to the name, they're mine. <laughs> 
We've got to move on now because we need to finish off with, of course, the big one, the Labricks Trophy. And before we get to it, we have a giveaway for the watchers on YouTube. This is the last time we're doing this. So your last chance to get your hands on Timeform's uh, Horses to Follow book for the 2020-2021 season. We have three copies available to give away. So if you want one, please just comment below this video uh, and we will send three lucky winners at random their copies. So cop uh, just right below, we've got plenty more content coming out on the YouTube channel over the next month or so, but this is the very last chance to get your hands on one of these books. So thanks very much to Timeform for providing them and just comment below for your chance to win one of three copies of their Horses to Follow book. Right, enough of that now, on to the big one, eh? We've been speaking for about 45 minutes and now we can talk about the Labrooks Trophy where Vindication is the six to one favorite ahead of Kildasart at 15 to two. I write 15 to 2 as well. Oh, Bet365 have literally come up with their prices as I'm speaking. So let's start from the top. Vindication is 6 to 1, still best price. I write 15 to 2. Kildasart now 8 to 1. That's with Bet365. The conditional 8 to 1. Black Op 17 to 2. Copperhead 9 to 1. Two for Gold 10 to 1. Cloth Cap 12 to 1. Secret Investor 12 to 1. 16 to 1. Mr. Malarkey 18 to 1. Potterman. Uh, Beware the Bear, 20 to 1, and a few others, 25 to 1 and bigger. Andy, big race of the day. The Labbrook, where are you going? Well, I think it, it should be gracious of me, being as Andrew's uh, coming on this uh, programme for the first time, and give him first shout at the best at the best race. I think he deserves to have, a sh have the first shot at least one, and why not give him the, the best race that we're going to cover? Is there that right, go. Andrew? Always a gent. Well, I, d I did win it, but got given it, if that makes sense. Was that, was that, Gin was that Gingembra? Gingembra finished second, and yeah. uh, Be My Royal got disqualified about so, 15 months later, and the horse <laughs> that would have won it if he jumped the last uh, was Harbour Pilot. Yes. When he walked through the last, thank goodness. I was very pleased with Paul Carberry missing the last on that occasion. Um, Bad research yeah, he, for he me not to know that, to be honest. Sorry? Bad research for me not to know that. Uh, I should, I should, it's how I should have introduced you. Well, well, I was second in it twice officially, but it, it is a race that does can throw big priced each way horses, mm -hmm. which, which, which traditionally it does because often it's a race that you need to stay well because you know the ground's often good to soft, sometimes a little bit slower, and that that last furlong and a half you'll have a, a a heap of horses going down to the fourth last, and by the time you get to the second last it tends to thin out. But I'm not sure about this year with the ground conditions genuinely been on the good side. Mm. Um, I believe two for goals running as well, isn't he, for Kim yep. Bailey? Yeah. Uh, he's an interesting one. Very, very interesting. I don't think there's too much to choose between him and Vindication. He's a grade two winner at uh, Warwick. And I mentioned about the similar sort of ground conditions uh, to, to, to Newbury. He'll have that. Now, is he guaranteed to get the trip? I think he probably is. He, he travels well. He's a very strong traveller. I thought that race he won at Warwick last year was a, a strong, strong graded race. And he's, he is a battler. And I know David Bass will be wary. He's on the favourite vindication. And, and obviously, he's got the cheap pieces on for the first time as well on Saturday just to sharpen up his jumping. And that's one thing he will have to sharpen up. Can't be making too many mistakes around there. Mm. I think two, two for goals, a big each way play. 
Kieran Gethin's on board, riding with confidence. Um, he's a traveller, and one thing he does do is jump. He's a, a he's a real decent jumper. I definitely have him as an each way play. I think cloth cap's interesting with ten stone on his back. I thought a good run behind Frodon and West approach. Um, I'm looking to try and get a few of the the, the top ones beat. Uh, I write. Just can't see him being quite good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll it'll be very competitive. He's he likes to pop out in in front. There'll be plenty of horses popping along. Mister Malarkey, he wasn't good enough last year. Can he be good enough again off the same mark? Potterman, I'd be slightly worried that, about the trip for him. He was behind El Presente and the Badger Beer, and he was weakening at the finish when El Presente went and nutted him on the line. And he's five pounds higher. Uh, Ard Lethen could be a bit of a play. He had a pop round in the two and a half mile race at Carlisle. That was behind Imperial Aura. Well, that form has certainly been frank. Windsor Avenue was in behind. Sam Brown had worry about the ground for him. Blackoff had worry about the jumping. That was in the same race up at Carlisle on slow ground. So with Sam Brown and Blackoff, the Sam Brown, the ground would have to be a concern. And Blackoff. Okay in small runner fields when he's getting his own way, but in a big field handicap, will the jumping hold up? Mm. Secret investor, I would, you know, interested with the ground conditions being good, but a lot of his winning form is in smaller fields. So if you're going to nail me down, I'd be with two for gold because Kim Bailey's horses are flying. Vindication will have to run well, but he has got lots of weight to carry. So I'd be two for gold and probably cloth cap against the field. Two for gold, 10 to one with a few firms. <laughs> Bet365, 888, Betfair Sportsbook, Paddy Power. Betfair and Paddy Power, both yeah. five places. Cloth cap, 12 to one with the same two firms. And if you're wondering why John Joe O'Neill doesn't ride cloth cap for his uh, his father, he wouldn't do 10 stone. No. There you go, a bit of inside info there as well. Andy, coming to you now. Yeah, he's an interesting runner, Cloth Cap. I thought he ran quite well first time. It looks as though he needed it. This uh, seems to have been the plan. Uh, and he's stuck in there right down the bottom. So I think he's going to be close to favourite come Saturday. I can, I can see one or two good judges putting him up. Um, I think this is a real head, head scratcher. Last year's was um, when we had a 14-1 to winner, Durashi Counter. And this has got a similar feel to it. I've no doubt the best handicapped horse in this field by a mile is Black Op. Andrew mentioned him. I mean, he basically puts Champion here off 150. The two of them run when it, uh, ran here last year in, in a two and a half mile chase, and Black Op had he got beat a length and a half um, mm. with with a, in a good field in behind him. They went a good gallop that day, and he, he you know he he kept up with obviously a horse who went on to win a Grade One, stayed stayed um, won the, the the RSA. Um, he ran well in the in the Corto style on bad ground over three miles. So I wouldn't necessarily think it's the trip with him, but Andrew's dead right. All his best forms are now he's in smallish fields. And he, I don't think he's a bad jumper, um, but he doesn't rub the odd one or two. He just, he just, when he makes his back, right, isn't it? He doesn't arch his back. No. And Johnny, hey, Johnny Burke gets on very well with him, knows him well. But it's when push comes to shove. I just going down to four out, three out, two out. Yeah. When 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 it matters and you need a horse, if he has to chip in a short one, is he just going to drag his hind legs in the ditch? That, yeah, that's my absolutely. slight worry for him. 
I'd, I'd certainly have him on my shortlist anyway, Black. But I haven't decided which one I'm going to go with yet. A lot depends on sort of feel, um, how I feel about the race come Saturday morning and have a look at the conditions tomorrow. But he's definitely one I'm thinking about putting up and, and taking a risk with. Um, a couple of others I thought killed the site, ran really well first time out of hurdles. This looks as though it's the plan. He had an away day here the other day in a school in Gallup. Um, he goes really well in big field handicaps, contrary to one or two of the ones we've mentioned in smaller fields. Um, he's run beyond the condition that Cheltenham's very good. I'm sure he'll run well for Ben Pauling. And beware the bear has been placed in this race the last two years. He worked with Santini here the other day. Uh, and he, he's a Cheltenham Festival winner in a big big field as well when he won the, the three-mile on, on the first day a couple of years ago. So he's definitely another one to the mix. So that's my shortlist. I'm looking at Beware the Bear, Kildasar, Black Op. Um, so I'm like Andy. I've got two or three against the field at the moment. Kildasar, eight. I'm a bet, three, six, five. Black Op, 17 to two with Hills and Unibet. And who is the third one? Uh, Beware the Bear. And Beware the Bear, 20 to one. Bet, three, six, five and William Hill. So a couple of bullets there for Andy. We're about to come to a close now. Thank you both very much. Before I let you go, any other horses just for the listeners to take a look at elsewhere on the card on Saturday? Yeah, in the first race, uh, Lorna Fowler brings over a horse called Politess, um, a horse that I've been following over in Ireland for quite a while. I think she's a gorgeous, gorgeous mare. The fact that Lorna's bringing her over, uh, of course, married to, um, um, is it, what's his name, Brad Bunn? Um, Mark, what, Mark? Mark Bradbourne, that's it. Goodness <laughs> me, I couldn't remember his first name. Mark Bradbourne. Sister of. But I thought she she ran really well first time out in a good grade three at um, Down Royal, which contained the like the three, um, Queensbrook in there, of course, was placed in the champion bumper. She just got tired on the run down to the last. That run will definitely bring her on. And for UK punters, when you see, you'll see her that she's got tons of scope. She's a gorgeous looking mare. So Politess, keep an eye on her in the first race on Saturday. I'll, I'll take you on then, Andy. Well, I love these head-to-heads. Go on, then. So do I. I love it. Um, Jane Williams has got Gallis Macarlo. Yeah, very I think, tough. I think has got a, a real good engine. Yes, yeah. Solid, solid. Not sure whether Chester Williams is back yet or Dave Bass is on board because um, Chester's been off a while. But um, one, two out of two so far this season. I'm going to take you on, Andy. No, that's Hold fine. That, to be fair, I can, I can rubber stamp that. that. She's done two really good time figures so far. It's going to be interesting to see who gets the better between the two of you. The good thing is, at least Andy's treating your selections with some respect, Andrew. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes the, the guests aren't afforded that courtesy. Thank you both so much, Andy Holding and Andrew Thornton, for joining us today on the Odds Checker Betting Show preview of the Newbury, the Labrooks Newbury Winter Carnival. We've got so much content coming up in the next month or so on our YouTube channel and on our podcast, so please subscribe to both you can find the podcast on any uh, podcast channel and of course go to youtube to subscribe there please do download the odds checker app as well for the best place for the best prices the best tipsters such as andy bookie offers free bets and place terms most importantly though please do enjoy the weekend's racing and please gamble responsibly Thank you.